Grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil age according to the will of our God and Father to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. You all have had times where you have been afraid, maybe deathly afraid. What time was that maybe in your life when you were the most afraid. Maybe it was a car accident. Maybe it was something that you feared had happened to your family members. I know for me, the most time that I, the worst time that I was afraid was at the South Carolina Fire Academy, where we went through backdraft and flashover exercises. We all have our fears in this fallen world. But do you notice that it's not just you as Christians. Have you noticed how afraid the world really is? I mean, you look at the news, you look at the internet, you look at a whole variety of things, and the world really is afraid. The environment, oh my goodness, what's happening to the seas? What's happening to the sky? What's happening to the volcanoes? What's happening under the earth with earthquakes? There are various nasty infections going around. People are starting to wear masks more, having a little PTSD from 2020 and beyond. You cannot go a minute without hearing about some sort of war or skirmish or a possible expansion of a war. You may look at your investments and worry about your retirement or your kid's college fund. I mean, am I wrong that the world is afraid? You are, and everybody outside of the church is afraid too, whether you realize it or not. It's not that we are in here today having this warning about what the fear Everybody else out there has their fears too. And Jesus speaks about this today. On the earth, the stress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth. Boo. So how do you respond? The world isn't wrong in their fears of being afraid. And you and I have all of our doubts, our anxiety, our distresses, our anger, and ask all the time, what is going on? Why am I so afraid? I mean, this world is shaken to its cores in many way, core in many ways. How many of you look at 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago and say, things were so much easier, things were so much simpler, things seemed to be so much better in the past? Maybe you look at your childhood and say, I didn't worry about funds or wars or anything else. Look at those who are hiding in fear. Look at the preppers. You can buy food now online that lasts 40 and 50 years. Look at the prognosticators saying what next year will be. But James says it this way, 
if you and I have great doubts or fears or being afraid, doubt or fear, if we are consumed in this, he says, we are like a wave in the sea tossed to and fro, driven by the wind. We are told, and we know this so well, that nothing endures forever. You didn't have the same phone 10 years ago. You may have had a car that hasn't lasted so long. Nothing can truly be trusted in this world. The economy was great at this time, now it's in the toilet. Only the Word of God endures forever, and the Word of God proclaimed and administered with the sacraments is that which has endured the test of time. Despite the temptations to be fearful, to be afraid, to wonder what in the world's going to happen tomorrow, the Word of God speaks to you and to me differently. I loved what we heard this morning. From the littlest ones in our midst, our Sunday school children sang today, our choir with them sang today. Did you hear what they sang to you? Behold, your salvation comes. You will have gladness of heart. The kids sang that to you today. Behold, your salvation comes. You will have gladness of heart. <sighs> I don't know. The kids sang that to you today. Out of the mouth of babes comes this great news. And the Word of God, word of God supports that as well as our Word says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted on the earth. Scripture points us what God has done for you in the past, what God is doing now, and what God will be doing in the future. Jesus' birth, which we'll celebrate in a few weeks, His death, His resurrection, as Scripture says, is for the life of the whole world, not for your fear. When we hear about Jesus' return, it's not given to you to be fearful it's not given to you to be afraid. It's given to you to finally say it's about time. Take us out of this world. Jesus gives his disciples peace amidst all of the disciples' fears after his crucifixion. On that first Easter morning... He appears to his disciples, but he does not say to them, what's the matter with you? I'm very angry with you. You guys abandoned me, and you better realize that you're going to get it because of what you did to me. He says to them, peace be with you. And he breathes on them the Holy Spirit, just like God breathed life into Adam in Genesis. By the way, something to think about that as Christians. It's not as if God breathes one breath into Adam, and Adam all of a sudden is an 
engine that is now starting up and God says, okay, go your whole way. When Scripture speaks about the breath of life given to you, it means literally every breath that you take is God's breath breathing in and through you. Every breath you've taken the day is God breathing through you. Every breath that you take in the midst of your fears is God breathing in and through you. Even when you hold your breath and then you let it out, is God breathing in and through you. Even after the great fears that you face and when you're out on the other side and you say, you've all done that, right? It's God breathing through you. He breathes into you each and every day. His breath is coming in and out of you each and every day. And so when Jesus breathes His Holy Spirit on His disciples, He's continuing to do the same thing, and He does that through your hearing today as well. In the midst of our decaying earth, in the midst of our dying bodies, in the midst of fearing destruction and everything else, everything coming to us with hell in a handbasket, we know in the midst of all of those things that this is our deliverance. But in the middle of all of this, God also gives us a warning. When I went into my exam at the South Carolina Fire Academy, they didn't just throw me into a building and say, here you go, hope it works out for you. They warned us. You all know this, fire can be bad. Fire can burn you. And when the big burly man looked at me and said, the temperatures are going to get up to six or 700 degrees in here, the sweat is going to cause steam burns on you. When we do the flashover, you better turn on the hose. We listened. I fell flat on the face of the ground. But eventually we turned on the water. Jesus is giving us a warning today as well. The end is coming and everything around you is going to fall apart. He doesn't leave us sitting here hanging. He says, all of these things must take place, yet I am still coming for you. Christ is our end. He is returning to end all of our fears, to end all of our sin and our death. You want to trust all of that? You want to trust everything in the world? You want to trust your technology? You want to trust all the information at your fingertips? You want to trust all of your medication, your bank account, all of the health gurus and everything else that you can do? Fine. I say that's sad. We trust in our Lord Jesus Christ. And we know by faith we do not belong here. We are on a pilgrimage toward that heavenly home and that new earth that God is preparing for you. Jesus is coming for us. That's what Advent is all about. And we gladly go with him to that place he has prepared for you. But this is not wishful thinking. This is fact by according what Jesus said here today. You will see the Son of Man coming 
But you also know that that is your salvation. And so in the midst of all of this, as hard as it might be to say, do not fear. Do not fear. You have already died. But I'm still alive, Pastor. Still breathing. Yeah, but you died in your baptism. Paul says, you are buried with him in baptism in which you are also raised with him through faith and the working of God who raised Jesus from the dead. In that font, the Holy Spirit came down upon you by water and the word and God breathed into you the spirit of eternal life. And so, when we hear things from Scripture that say, Do not fear, I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. That's not just something you put on your devotional calendar. That is in and with you. God now living in Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit in and with you. Never to leave you or forsake you, but to give you every breath that you take and to remind you that I am with you always to the very end of the age. And he strengthens your faith today so that you can rest in the hope of the future, not the fear. You've given the hope of the future given to you today, the hope of Christ. But that godly hope says... This whole thing that we're spinning around on, it's broke. My life, your life, by sin, it's broke. It's busted. It's got a grave waiting for me. But godly hope also gets angry at injustices and the wickedness of the world. People saying that they matter more than God and how they live their life is more important than God. Godly hope says, no, that's not who we are. Godly hope energizes you, the faithful, to not go out there and say, well, we're better than you, better than everybody else. Godly hope energizes you, the faithful, to love your neighbor as yourself, to do good, to actually look at yourself and say, I'm not so important. Godly hope says that God in Christ has given you salvation. You now freely live, no matter what your health might be. Go to the potluck today, even if the food might be a little bad for you. You're free. Free to eat all of that stuff, the sugar, the fat, the calories. You're free. Why? Because God is breathing in you. He is your beginning and your end. And you get to go and eat with all of the faithful who have this same hope that you do. Godly hope holds to Jesus' words. Peace be with you. Do not be afraid. I have overcome the world. Godly hope clings to these words 
I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. What does that mean for you? Christ is risen. risen We can even say that in Advent. Because we know that Christ is coming again. And as the world fears and as all sorts of chaos ensues, 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 as all people begin to be scared and fearful, Jesus says today, be strong and rejoice. Be strong, do not fear, your God will come. He will come, yes, with a vengeance upon the unfaithful. He will come with divine retribution who reject him, but he will come also to save you. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. For Jesus says, when I come on that last day, lift up your heads and rejoice because your salvation draws near. To Christ alone be the glory forever and ever. Amen.